Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Front Lawn. <laughs> I feel like I'm starting SNL or something right now. <laughs> good morning. It is good to see you all here and see you online. Thank you for joining us. Um, Lighthouse Church exists to take next steps with Jesus and also to do life together. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. That video is on our website. Check it out and you can see really what our church is all about. But the, the beauty of our church is that we are not just in one location, that we're just here and that's it. See, we're the, the awesome part about our church is just like a lighthouse is not in one location on the coast, there's many lighthouses stretching up and down. And so likewise, as, as you're watching this, wherever you're at in the United States, the world, wherever, the challenge I have for you is that you would partner with Lighthouse and open up your home, your lawn, your car, your Starbucks, whatever, with with friends and do life together and, and enter into this discipleship of hearing the word of God and talking about it and wrestling with your faith, because that's what it's about. So with that, Patty, we got some announcements. We have some announcements this morning. Now I'm on. We have some announcements this morning. Uh, we have coming up next Wednesday is our communion night. So make sure you mark that. You have that uh, an alarm set to remind you. It'll be at 7 p.m. November 4th. Um, and if you need the Zoom link, go ahead and shoot us an email, info at lighthouse805.com. That way we can get that to you, that information to you, and so you don't miss out. Um, and just a little bit of preparation for that night. Just have some elements, something to drink and crackers, cookies. Uh, what have we done? We've done a Orange little bit of everything. and <laughs> crackers. <laughs> so that we can partake together. Um, I mean, it's just a time where we come together and we share. Um, if there are any prayer requests, you know, we can pray for you. Um, but it's really just that time to come together and, and remind, and have that reminder of what communion really means. So make sure you remember that for next Wednesday, 7 p.m. And then ladies, our next art night will be November 16th. It's a Friday night at 7 p.m. also. Um, and so make sure you have some paints, uh, something to paint on. If you have cardboard lying around, that works. So just whatever works. And if you don't have paint, that's fine. Markers and crayons, those will work. Colored pencils will work. Um, we've had some people join in on their iPads and do stuff on there. And it's just fun to see what we can all create with what we have um, and, and just share that with each other. We always have fun, so it's always nice. And then finally, this one's a big one. Daylight savings. We are going to oh. fall back next Sunday. So Saturday night, make sure, because technically it's like 2 a.m., but who wants to do that at 2 a.m.? I don't. Um, <laughs> so remember to set your clocks back an hour behind next week. So don't waste that hour. Take advantage. Get that extra hour of sleep. Um, and so, and then we'll be here again on the lawn next Sunday. So those are my announcements. And then we'll move into time of offering. If you are um, here live on campus, we have a box here on the door. You can slide your offering envelope in there and then we will take care of that. And then if you are watching online, go to lighthouse805.com and go to the giving page and you can fill that out and give that way also. Um, and so would we just be ready to receive the word, have open hearts and open ears, and Lord, we thank you because you're meeting us in this place, um, here and just wherever we are in our homes, watching on phones, on TVs, on tablets, whatever it is, Lord, you are not uh, limited to where you meet us. God, you meet us exactly where we're at every single minute of the day, and we thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I got this. I got this. That is the attitude or saying right before something crazy or awesome happens or crazy awesome. 
Like, have you ever have you ever seen someone say like, "I got this," and then just charge full steam ahead? Like, like you you it's just you enter this like watching mode of like, "Oh, this is gonna be good." I remember I was growing up, and our family would always go to this place called Cannon Beach every single summer, right? Cannon Beach was a place. And there was lots involved in Cannon Beach, and I knew I wanted to share a story from Cannon Beach, and I had several to choose from. But what I settled on was uh, cliff jumping. If you do not know what cliff jumping is, you go to the edge of a cliff and jump into water. That's it. There's there's nothing else to it. But I remember every year we'd go, and my whole life growing up every summer, I all my friends would jump off, and I would eventually get to the edge of the cliff and look over the edge see how far down it was, freak myself out, and just sit there all day as my friends repeatedly jumped off over and over. And I just, I always chickened out. I could just never do it. Until one year, my first and last time cliff jumping that I actually did it, rather than just was a bystander sitting on the sidelines, I remember we were driving up to the, all the friends were driving up, we were going to the, to the spot, and it's it's parking and i was like i just don't want to i'm gonna i just don't want chicken out this year i actually want to do it i actually just want to do it like i gotta do it this year i just have to do it once in my life and i remember the car stopped and right as the the door was about to open just inside of me i had the attitude of i got this and i knew that once i opened the door i was gonna full sprint ahead at the cliff because i knew that if I was going as fast as I can to the edge of the cliff, I couldn't stop in time and I'd either jump or fall into the water. And either way, I, I would have done it. And so I open the door and I just start running and running. And I'm like, yes, I got this, I got this, I got this. And I get to the edge of the cliff and I'm like, I don't got this, but I'm in the air now. <laughs> and I was, I was following, I was falling for, if you've ever done cliff jumping, if you've done it from high enough, there's this weird thing that happens where you can start having a conversation with yourself. There's enough time to think and process and then extra time on that. I remember thinking, this is crazy. What am I doing? Like, am I going to die? Am I going to get hurt? What else should I think about right now? I'm still falling. <laughs> like it was such, and eventually you fall and then you start swimming up and you realize how deep I am in this water. Like how, where is it going to go? And I remember it was, it was this, this attitude of, I got this. Right, I, I, I got this. I had changed from a sidelines mentality to a full steam ahead and I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna go all the way for it. And I really think as we're in the sermon series of Change Your City, we, we can have this attitude, right? We can either sit on the sidelines of being comfortable or nervous or scared, or we can say, I got this. I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to run full steam ahead and actually try to, to do what, what God's calling me to do in this season. I got this. Man, in, in changing our city, there's, there's obstacles, right? There's, there's fear, there's nervousness, there's dead ends, there's, there's whatever, right? In the, in the changing your city and changing our city, it's, it's like the disciples, right? When Jesus said, come follow me, and then he put them in, he positioned them to do crazy things, right? They could have just stuck with their own comfort and just gave up halfway, but they didn't. 
They actually did it. And I want to look at not the disciples in, in the story today that we're going to dive into in Capernaum, but I want to look at four friends that were doing life together and had the idea of, we got this. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 2. I'm going to open up and we're going to read this story in its entirety of what happened with these friends and their friend. So Mark chapter 2 verse 1 says, When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of the religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Like, just take a, just take a side note for a moment on that. Like, like they're more upset that Jesus is proclaiming to forgive sins rather than going around and healing people. Right? Like, that's, that's where their mind is like, what? How dare he? Jesus immediately knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. <laughs> they were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. Like there's so much happening in the story, like so much to just like sit on and think about. Like for one thing, the paralyzed man jumped up and then ran out. Like he could have stayed there and finished listening to the rest of the message, but he's like, I received what Jesus spoke to me. I I need to go out and tell people now, right? He didn't just say like, that was good, but let me see what else happens here today. No, he, he like full steam ahead and I mean, even the fact of they couldn't get through the door because it was so crowded, but then he left through the blocked door. Like, there's so much happening here. So, what we're going to stick at today and look at is the concept of having an attitude, I got this. Right? In your, in your Bible, in your notes, just write somewhere, I got this. And the, the idea of changing your city, I got this. Because your city has changed when you decide to have the attitude of, I got this. That's, that's, that's where the kickover happens. And I love where this happened. This happened in Capernaum. Like this is, this is a huge note to take. Like the Bible specifically says in Capernaum, which means Capernaum's name was Village of Comfort. So in the middle of comfort, they decided to do the uncomfortable. They ripped up someone else's roof and lowered a man through it to be healed by Jesus. Like this story blows my mind. 
I, as I, I, I read this, this scripture, and oftentimes I like to imagine and picture what's happening in the Bible. Like I read it, I read it, and then I just think on it. Like what, what led them up to this conversation and this setting with Jesus? Right? Was it, was it just the five friends hanging out in a room together? Was it a campfire? And they're all sitting there and, and one brings up, this is, how, this is my imagination of what happens. And one says, have, have you seen that guy, the, the teacher, Jesus? He's walking around healing people. You know, the, you know the blind guy that's been screaming for money in front of the temple for years? Yeah, like, Jesus just healed him. Wait, what? And then one's like, yeah, I heard uh, the daughter who died. She was like 12 years old. She got healed. What? You don't think, and I just imagine all, all of their faces just shift to their other friend like, you know, let's see if this guy's real. Let's see, let's see if she's, and then I don't know what, what their friend's attitude was of like, well, hold on now, <laughs> like, or, or what happened? But they had the audacity to say, you know what? We're going to find Jesus. If he's real and he's, he's doing what he says he's doing and, and all this stuff is going on, I want to find Jesus. And so they, they got this attitude of, I got this or we got this because they're doing life together. Mm-hmm. And they went to find Jesus. And the, the, the thing, the, the takeaway that I want to look at is when we have this attitude of, I got this, and we start moving forward to change our city, there's obstacles, right? Things get in our way. And it's, it's, it's up to us to say, okay, either I'm stopping here and I'm giving up on what God has called me to do, or I'm going to push through it. And there were several obstacles of what these men encountered. Did you want to say something? Well, and as, as we do life together, you know, you, are you that friend who's willing to pick up, you know, your friend who's going through something? Are you willing to help pick them up, tear a roof apart to bring them to the feet of Jesus for their healing? Like, are you the one that's willing to reach out and say, hey, how are you doing today? You know, you're going through, I know we've been talking about you going through this. How are you doing with that? You know, be that friend. And if you are on the other end of that, do you have those friends? Do you have those friends who are going to reach out, who check up on you, who call and say, hey, I was just thinking about you today. Just want to let you know I love you. Do you have those friends? And if you don't, and, or if you need more, reach out. You know, it's not just about just sitting there waiting until they come along. You do your part, too. You know, the whole, like, early bird gets the worm kind of mentality. But you reach out and you say, hey, like, can you pray for me today? You know, and then that's how you build relationship with other people. You know, with the, the people that the Lord wants to put around in your life. Yeah. You know, last, last week we talked about the three groups of people and, and in our last week's story, but those three groups of people echo again in this story, right? It's, it's the friends that heard Jesus and acted on it. They took the next steps. They, they placed their complete faith in Jesus above their own comfort. And then you have the, the crowd. So you have the friends and then the crowd who's listening and not doing anything. They're just standing around. And then you have the Pharisees who are watching and judging. And I think at different points in my own life, I've been in all three of these shoes. I have 100% sat around and judged. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm gonna be the first to admit that. And, and I've been the person who's listened and not done anything. But I've also been the person that says, no, I, I'm gonna make sure 
that this person knows the love of Jesus through me. I, I want to make sure that I'm able to offer that. I'm, I want to make sure I'm able to do this. So, when we begin, when we begin changing your city, you're going to face obstacles in the route. And I, I want to break down the different obstacles that they face and illustrate them out as obstacles that we face today. So looking at the first obstacle, it says there was a crowd that was blocking the door, right? They were like, there's no option through this door. We, this, this is an obstacle. So I want to look at this as this obstacle is the people will unknowingly or just accidentally, if you will, block you or prevent you by just saying something dumb or ignorant or off the cuff that's just kind of like you say, oh, I think I want to do this. And I'm like, oh, that's dumb. They had no thought to it whatsoever. But it's like a, a block. And it's something that we could take in our heart of saying, oh, you know what? You're right. Why was I thinking that? That's, that's the people that are on the outside looking in, not doing anything. And they're, they're, their comments and their words or whatever they'll, they'll say. And they, it can block us from doing what we're supposed to be doing. And they, they could have unintentionally said it. It could have just, it just could have just come out of their mouth as innocent of like, well, I don't get that. And you're like, well, may, maybe that is confusing. And we could take that as, as value in our lives and stop right there and, and just halt right there. The next obstacle was the roof. This was kind of interesting. I, I in the research I looked at these roofs were not like our roofs today, you know, where you get the 30 year warranty or whatever, and it's good, it's just good to go. These were more about mud and twigs and, and you know, stuff that would go on to, it's more of a, a sealant. And you actually had to redo it and re-roll out the roof every year, right before winter. And so it was a, it was a constant refreshing kind of thing. And so looking at the roof and through prayer, I looked at it as the roof represents self-worth or insecurities. It represents some thin barrier, like the thinnest barrier possible that might prevent you from fully going after Jesus. It's like your, your thoughts or something that's holding you back, like something, fear, something that's just super thin and superficial that, that comes back every year, if you will. It's just like this roof, it's, it's something that blocks and it blocks you and no one else. That was, that was something the Holy Spirit pointed out. The roof was only blocking them. Not one other person did it say it was blocking them from seeing Jesus. It was the, the friends and them to literally go over and to uncover it. And so I, I look at the roof as a more of a personal block, something you're personally dealing with intimately. It's, it is just you. Like, what is, what is that? I want, I listen to this verse, Jeremiah 17, 7. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Jeremiah 17, 7. Right now, one thing we do in our church is called doing life together. And so what I want you to do is start preparing um, to talk to someone next to you 
If you're if you're in a room, if you're watching online, get ready to talk to someone next to you. If you're al online and alone, get ready to do life in the comments. You know, and what I want to challenge you is this: doing life together. I want you to talk through what is your roof. What is is it an insecurity? Is it a fear? Is it something that's holding you back from Jesus? How are you going to trust Jesus if what this verse says? How are you going to place confidence in Jesus? And also, what does is, what is Jeremiah 17, 7 mean to you? Again, that verse is, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. So let's take a few minutes, and if you're on campus, go ahead and talk to some people next to you. Maybe talk to someone who you didn't come with. Um, but doing life together, it's, this is the discipleship moment of let's wrestle with our faith and talk through, hey, you know what? I do have something thin that's holding me back from Jesus and, and I need to work on it. And let's talk about accountability in this moment. So. Well, good morning, church. It's so good to have you. I can see you online commenting. So good to see you. Um, I just want to reiterate the scripture that pastor gave. It was Jeremiah 17, 7. It says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. And I already have a couple of responses already. The doing to life together says, what is your roof? So we're trying to identify what our roof is. How are you going to trust Jesus? And how are you going to place confidence in Jesus? What does that verse, seven, Jeremiah 17, 7 mean to you? And I already have one response. I have uh, Pastor Matt's response was, his roof is allowing the negative words of others to have weight in his life. He says, I am going to visualize those words like the roof and tear them out the same way. And I can't afford to allow the words of others to block me or my actions from the fullness of Jesus. Man, that's good. I think that's really good. I think for me, my roof would be um, just capping what I believe God can do through me and through my business. And I keep putting a ceiling on what I can, I'm capable of. But God, with his strength, I know that I'm capable of so much more. So I just have to put my trust in him and allow him to work through me as long as I submit my gifts to him and my work to him and do it with him in mind and serving others. I think that he will bless my business and I know that. So that's for me, my roof would be putting a ceiling on what God can do through me and through my business. How about you guys? I'm going to look online to see if I can see any others that are coming through as well. Again, we're just trying to identify what a roof is for you and what we believe God's going to do to help us get through those roofs. Looks like I got another comment from Pat here. Um, he says that he's going to trust that God will provide. So his ceiling was provision. He's going to trust that God will provide no matter where he is in his life. He knows that God will cover him. Talk about Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, our provider. That's who he is, right? Amen. I'll keep my eyes out for any others here. Again, just identifying what our roof is and what Jeremiah 17, 7 means to us. There's still some comments. People are still thinking through that, but it's okay. I'll just give you a word of encouragement. Um, and again, read that verse, Jeremiah 17, 7. It says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. So our goal is to walk and move in confidence. Even just thinking about 
how we're going to affect our city. It could be scary to think that what we are going to be accomplishing in our city with people who we trust, our friends, our realms of influences. We could be scared about how people will receive us if we're trying to change our city for the good and or even just make an impact on them for the Lord or impress on them who God is in our life and hopefully how it would be beneficial to them. So it could be scary to, to think we're going to affect maybe how our friendship will be with them or how they'll see us. But let's walk through in confidence, knowing that God has us and he's with us and that there's no ceiling to what he can do in us and through us and in our realm influences. Amen. It's so good to see you guys. I'll be back online. Go ahead and share your comments and I'll see you next week. Welcome back. Uh, Patty and I were talking about this, this roof and just what it means to both of us too. But Patty, can you share some more insights it's just that. so funny because as he was making you know his points and everything i was writing my notes down and i wrote down like the roof symbolizes the insecurities that we have looming over us and it's just the, the imagery of a roof you know over your head kind of a thing um and these insecurities they build i was telling matt they build bit by bit it's like tile by tile they get stacked on each other yeah um and it's up to us to really tear them down. Obviously, we have the Holy Spirit's help, um, and the Lord's there guiding us and helping us. Uh, but it's it's something that has to be torn apart. You know, Matt was saying that back then, that the, the roof was replaced every year. And it's just those insecurities that come back. They come back. You know, you think you've, you've achieved your goal of overcoming those fears or insecurities or whatever it may be, and then all of a sudden they come back out of nowhere. Well, that's just that reminder. Don't let that discourage you. If that happens, don't let it discourage you. Just let it be a reminder of, okay, I've got a little bit more work to do to tear this roof apart. You know, it's what's keeping you from yeah. fully being in the presence of the Lord. And obviously, the Lord meets you where you're at. No matter how deep down you are, the Lord is there. The Word tells us he, He's, whether I make my bed in the depths of hell, He is there with me. You know, and so just know that there's work to be done but you've got this <laughs> you know you've got it and and it can be achieved to tear that roof apart um, so be encouraged by that that should bring excitement of knowing hope is not lost all is not doomed i'm not a failure i'm not you know it you've got this and and it'll be good when you put that work into it yeah so we, we talked about we talked about the the crowd that was in front that how they're an obstacle we talked about the roof on top but then as he came down, there was two more obstacles and one was kind of a little harder to pull out. So the first one that was super obvious was the Pharisees, right? They're, they're like the, they're just like, anyways, I won't derail. The Pharisees <laughs> represent judgment or uh, the enemy intentionally trying to block or prevent you. Right? It's like you finally have your breakthrough of Jesus. Like you're finally in the throne. You're finally at summer camp before Jesus or a conference or whatever. You're finally like, Jesus, yes, I'm, I'm giving my life to you. I'm, I'm here fully. And then it's the enemy comes in and is like, hmm, no, no. And it's just in your face. And, and that's another obstacle that you face of just that constant enemy trying to come in to tear you down. And then the, the fourth obstacle was belief, right? It, it, this one's kind of subtle because he asks the man, you know, to pick up your, your mat and walk. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, that man had to decide if, if he was gonna stand up or not. 
if he was going to sit there and go, uh, I'm paralyzed, how, how am I, how, what are you talking about? And he had this, this faith moment. And I, I wrote this down is, do you believe that your sin, pain, situation is greater than Jesus? Like, have, have you ever fallen to the trap of thinking, oh, this is too big. This is too big for my God. Or, I, you know, I, I'm dealing with this now, and it's just, and you're, you're focused on trying to deal with it yourself more than allowing Jesus to try to deal on, in it. See, this, this is that last part. Verse 9, going back to our story in Mark 2, says, which is easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take up your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, and go home. He got up, took up his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. All right. I think I would be remiss as a pastor by just saying, hey, there's obstacles. You just get over it. You know, let's talk about some practical things that, how do we overcome obstacles when we face them? How do we overcome the roof? How do we overcome, you know, the Pharisees that represent the enemy trying to stop us? So obstacles are overcome by Jesus. First and foremost, Jesus, right? He's, he's in your corner. He is speaking on your behalf. And so what this looks like is proclaiming the word of God in front of the enemy during, during healing, through salvation, through anything. This is something that Patty and I talk about a lot is finding a verse that is important, that matters to your situation right there and standing on it and, and saying it over and over and proclaiming it. That's, that's, that's why we're doing this. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 says, but thanks be to God, who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And don't miss the first part of that because it's, it's literally saying, praise God. Praise him because he will give victory. We want to start praising God now, even before we even see what we consider victory in our lives. We're saying, Jesus, you're, you're the one. I'm praising you because you're worthy. And the second... The whole reason why he was there, the entire reason this story existed was because friends said, we got this or had that heart, right? We don't, we don't have it recorded saying we got this in English out loud. That's not in the Bible, but they had this heart of we're doing this. And I want to say what we talk about in our, our church so much is doing life together. It's, it's friendships. It's, it's interesting also that these friends faced obstacles before encountering Jesus, right? They were already trying to be deterred and stopped before reaching Jesus. And through their friendship and doing life together, they were able to make it past some obstacles. So what I wanna to allude today is, is being in community helps us make it past obstacles. When we're facing something or we have self-doubt or insecurity or whatever it is, it's being vulnerable enough of like what we did in doing life together today, continuing to do that 
and saying, here's where, here's what I'm going through. I, I, you know, I need, I need help or I need this. And together we push through. It's, it's getting through mental and emotional obstacles too. It's like, I don't think I can do this. Well, yeah, you can. Let's, let's do it. You know that, like that one friend that like, you know, you talk to that friend last because they're just going to tell you to get over it. And it's like, I know you're right. Okay. I just fine. (laughs) Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse nine through 12. Listen, this is the classic, like doing life together. What community means. Okay. Two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But if someone who falls alone is in real trouble, likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. I wanted to um, uh, share a story of in high school. I remember um, one of one of my close friends uh, and their buddy went up to uh, a mountain to go hiking. And in Oregon, the weather at daytime can be tolerable. And then at nighttime, it gets real cold real fast. And especially on a mountain. Most mountains just have snow on them most of the year. Um, depending on their height and stuff. But they went hiking on this mountain and they're like, oh, we'll just take a trail up right after school. And then after school, we'll just come back down and just go home. They went up and they decided, oh, I'm just going to explore a couple random trails over here. And they got completely lost on the wrong side of the mountain and couldn't find their way down. And the temperature dropped so drastically that they were just uh, convulsing and shivering. And so, uh, the next day at school, they weren't in school and we're all sitting there like, where's, where are, where are they? Cause we all had class together in the morning that we're like, that's weird. Like, you know, what's going on? Messaging cell phones, nothing happening. And so, uh, a week passes and they come back and we find out that they had gotten stuck on the mountain, couldn't find their way down. And they told us that the paramedics told, told them that they would have died if they hadn't uh, bundled together at night through the cold uh, uh, weather. They would have full on died. And when I read this, the scripture, it makes me really think of that, of realizing how important it is to do life together. Because not only is it just nice and fun to just share life together, but it also helps in, in life and death situations spiritual life and death situations. Times when you just want to throw in the towel or quit or give up or anything. Doing life together keeps you grounded and ready to move forward. So next steps this week is the challenge for Lighthouse and and you watching is this whole sermon series is change your city. So how do you have how do you have the attitude of, I got this? Who, who's the person or people that are sticking out in your mind that you need to bring to Jesus? And I want to challenge you this week to initiate the conversation. So your next step is send a letter, send a message, 
phone call, something to encourage them, and at the end say, how can I be praying for you? How, how, can, I, how can I lift you up before my God? However, whatever language you use, that's, that's this next step, is to start the conversation moving forward. How can I pray for you? Specifically with someone who might not know Jesus or someone who's away from Jesus or far from Jesus. I, I guaranteed someone is in your mind right now. That's not going to be the hard part. Mm -hmm. Hard part is having the attitude of, I got this. Because I'm going towards Jesus with this person. And let me speak to my introverted friends. <laughs> From an introvert to other introverts. That's not an excuse to stay in your personal bubble. Um, I know for me, it's I'm not the kind of person who needs like the 50 friends having a party to, you know, and if you're that kind of person, that's fine. That's who God made you to be. That's just not me. Um, I'm good with one person. We can have a party at two and I'm all right. <laughs> but being an introvert is not an excuse to be able to reach out to others. Hmm. You know, you pray and you ask the Lord, okay, give me one person, Lord, one person. And it's baby steps at a time. Like Matt said, it's saying, how are you today? You know, easy peasy. You can do it and you got this. So also, um, just the importance of, as an introvert, of having those friends, of having the people that you can call, even if it's only two or three people, but know that you're doing life together, that you have a community, you have other people to turn to when you need something. You know, your, your spouse, or you, that's fine too, but it's important, and I love you so much, but it's important to have your friends too. Um, so just keep that in mind. Being an introvert is not an excuse. You got this too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would, you would speak to us. You would give us the courage and the excitement. And just like that cliff jumping story of some of us, it feels like that scariness of jumping off a cliff of telling someone, how can I pray for you? I pray that we would have that attitude of, I got this. My city is gonna be changed because I got this. So ultimately God's not gonna let you down. Jesus is not there to watch you fail. That's, that is not the situation here. God, I pray that you would encourage us, you would build us up, you'd give us the strength. If we need other people to help us, let us be like in that community of saying, we're going to take a few of us to pray over this person and, and to, to start reaching out. In your mighty name, amen. Let's jump into some worship together. Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life, oh, he is my Let's sing that one more time. Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I dream from, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life, oh, he is my song. You are good, good. You're good. Oh, you are. 
the king of my heart be the wind inside my sails the anchor in the waves oh he is my song let the king of my heart be the fire inside my veins the echo of my days so oh, he is my song let the king of my heart be the wind inside my sails the anchor in the waves so oh, he is my song let the king of my heart be the fire promise church when the night is holding on to me God is holding on God you are worthy of everything praise your name
us, God, to be your partners in this thing called life. And God, I just pray this morning that you would do just as we've asked. God, that you would open our eyes to the people on the mat around us. That you would give us a heart for them. That you would stir us up, Lord, to be the friends who would dig through a roof 
who would scale the heights. Because I know, Lord, I don't really like standing on top of a roof. But God, that you would shore up our foundation this morning, God, that we would feel like we got this. Take us beyond our comfort, God. Stir our hearts again. For the city that you've placed around us, each individual, God, that you would just right now, in this moment, you'd put a face before our eyes. And Lord, we say, we got this. We are going to change our city with you. Go and be blessed.